0: Hey there, this is Jamie from Stonemaier Games, and I'm so excited because I only do this video twice a year. This is my top 10 favorite games of all time as of right now, March 2023. Um, I do this every six months, and the games eligible for this list are games that have appeared as my number one or number two games on any top 10 list. Not just my top 10 list of all time, but any top 10 10 list on any theme or any mechanism, any genre, those are the games that are eligible for this list. as usual, Stomeyer games, the games that I've designed or worked on as a publisher, as a developer, um, or as, as a designer are not avail- are not eligible for this list, but you will get some mentions of them from our ambassadors. And yeah, let's actually jump into those ambassador picks. So I first asked ambassadors to pick what their favorite games are as of right now. Um, and I first asked them for non-Stomeyer games. So let's go through that list real quick. I picked games that appeared multiple times on the list on that list. Mo- many of these appeared at least three times on the ambassador list. <laughs> in alphabetical order, A Feast for Odin, Aeon's End, Agricola, Ark Nova, Brass Birmingham, which recently uh, became the number one game on BoardGameGeek. Congratulations for that. Castles of Burgundy, Concordia, Dune Imperium, Dwellings of Eldervale, Eclipse, Final Girl, Gloomhaven, Great, Great Western Trail, John Company 2nd Edition, Magic the Gathering, Marvel Champions, Obsession, Raiders of the North Sea, Sleeping Gods, Spirit Island, Splendor, Star Wars Rebellion, Terra Mystica, Terraforming Mars, Too Many Bones, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition, and Wayfarers of the South Tigris. One of the newest games on this list. I also asked Ambassadors separately to pick their favorite Stonemaier game right now. I make, you know, I I make games. I want I I, I like. The, I know that a lot of ambassadors are are my ambassadors because they love our games. So I wanted to give them the opportunity to choose a Stillmeyer game for this list. And with a whopping 68 respondents selecting this game, 68 people selected Scythe as their number one favorite Stillmeyer game. 36 people selected Wingspan. their favorite stonemaier game 29 selected tapestry and 19 selected viticulture of course we have 10 other games right now uh the 11th expeditions is coming out later this year Um, but those were the top four picks from ambassadors and all the those were all the only games that were picked more than five times my honorable mentions are seven wonders seven wonders duel cartographers castles of madkin ludwig fantasy realms isle of cats Lords of Waterdeep, Magic the Gathering, Marvel Dice Throne, Mysterium Park, No Thanks, Orleons, which I played just, no, I wanted to play the, just the other day, but found that the copy that we had didn't go up to five players, Russian Railroads, Scotland Yard, Sushi Roll, Terra Mystica, Tsulkan, and the Guild of Merchant Explorers. All right, so let's talk about my top 10. I own only four of these games. I love these games, but I actually only own four of them. So my top 10 um, and I'll talk about a few things that I love about this game, these games. Number 10, Space Base. Uh, if you follow this channel, you've probably seen Space Base show up a number of times on this list. Space Base is a mostly simultaneous game where one player is rolling two dice and all players are using those dice to activate certain abilities of cards that they have in their card row. Uh, cards numbered from 1 to 12. So it's an interesting game where the, the, the curve of the dice... Um, Because for a specific reason, the curve of the dice doesn't necessarily mean that playing six, sevens, and eight value cards out of the one through 12 spectrum are better because you can choose to activate the sum of the dice or each die individually. And so it actually means that cards numbered one through six are the most powerful it's much harder to activate cards 10 11 or 12 but i love in this game that you are participating in every turn games like this and the next game make me want to make more simultaneous action games Uh, or really make any i don't think i have any games that are fully simultaneous where all players are participating in every turn i think space space does that so well um, it, it just it it feels good every time to play whenever whenever I play Space Space, and I like that I can even choose my difficulty as I play because there are certain cards that are a little bit more difficult than others to to work around. But you don't have to choose those cards; you can you can buy other cards instead. So yeah, Space Space is my number ten. Another space themed game. In fact, I have several space themed games on this list, even though I consider myself a little bit more of a fantasy uh, person. But at number nine, Planet Unknown one of the newer games on this list. This is another simultaneous game where all players are selecting some polyomino tiles based on a, uh, I don't know... If- the, the modern term for this, but it's a lazy Susan where you're turning around this, this big uh, uh, circular display of tiles and you're, the active player is turning it facing them and they can choose one of two tiles and all other players get to choose whatever from the two tile types that are facing them, that are oriented towards them at that moment. You choose one of those tiles and simultaneously place it on your planet mat. You have this big planet mat that you're building. Planet Unknown does something that I love in games, which is that it includes, uh, double rewards on every turn. In fact, it often includes triple rewards because you are placing the tile, that's one reward that feels good. And then based on the two different icons, uh, colors on that tile, you are moving up two different tech tracks. And so really it's triple benefits. I think that's the reason I keep coming back to this game. Plus, it flows really well even in higher player counts. But the idea that on every turn, you are being rewarded multiple times. You're being rewarded by a tile and by moving up two tracks. And oftentimes, those two tracks give you other benefits. So you kind of are spooling into these other benefits as you play. Feels really good. I love games that are rewarding for players. And I often return to them time and time again. Planet unknown is one such game. And number eight is a game that I do own. That game is Role Player. Role player is a game where you are using a puzzly element involving dice and some cards to create an RPG character. Um, I've talked about how my favorite mechanism of the game is actually at the beginning of the game during setup you're rolling a bunch of dice and putting them on your character from the very beginning and that's kind of deciding certain abilities that you won't get to use as often as other abilities but it sets you up really well for success and gives you a, a strong sense of endowed progress in the game. Um, but I just love everything about the game. I love the idea that you're building this character. I love the different puzzle of where to place dice where you want colors and numbers in certain spaces. Um, you're moving around this this little... Uh, well, that's not the backstory. The backstory is somewhere else. But you have these different characteristics that are that are building this character. So thematically, I really like it. But also mechanically, I just really, really enjoy the puzzle of Roleplayer. And uh, yeah, I, I, I am just always happy to return to this game. And even though it's not on my list, uh, Roleplayer Adventures... Uh, kind of the sequel to this game, the, the campaign sequel to this game is a wonderful game that I also truly, truly love. I didn't put any campaign games on this list. because um, I think of my favorite games as those that I return to time and time again, but I, I really do love role-player adventures too. And number seven is a game that I don't own yet, but the Kickstarter, I think, or the game found is arriving fairly soon, as far as I know, and that is Ra. Ra is my favorite auction-themed game. Um, because it involves a little bit of a push your luck element, I love a little bit of push your luck. In that you never know exactly when a round is going to end in Raw. Uh, you can try to uh, so you're, in Raw you are trying to acquire some tiles, and it's an auction game. But there's no currency. You just have three, sometimes four tiles with a number on them, a unique number, and you can decide on any given auction if you want to use one of those tiles, and that tile enters the auction for the for the next auction round. Um, And so you only have, the currency in the game are these three or four tiles, depending on the player count. So I like how simple and streamlined that is. But you're also deciding at any given time, is this the auction that I want to try to win or do I want to wait till later? But the risk of waiting till later, uh, as the game has, the, the, the benefit is that you might pile up more tiles to gain in a single auction. That can be really good. But the risk is that the round just might end because you're drawing random tiles from a bag. And if a certain number of raw tiles are drawn from that bag, the round automatically ends. You can't do anything else. You can end a round without winning any auctions in raw. I love that push your luck mechanism in the game. And just the idea, the the feeling of getting these tiles, um, having not too much complication with the, the currency in terms of the auctions feels really good. I can't wait to get the new edition from 25th Century Games of Raw. That's my number seven favorite game right now. The number six game is a game that I probably should own at some point, but a friend has a fully decked out version of the Quacks of Quenlinburg. And so we often just play that version. That's another game on this list with simultaneous actions, because in Quacks of Quenlinburg, it's a bag building game where over the course of either nine or ten rounds, I can never remember, you are drawing tokens out of a bag until you bust. So it also has push your luck, another mechanism that I just mentioned that I love. Uh, until you bust or until you stop. And that happens at the same time as all other players. You're simultaneously drawing these tokens from the bag and adding them to your potion, uh, your, your, this potion that you're brewing. Um, and you're kind of deciding how far do I want to push my luck in, in doing this. And you're also deciding at the end of each round, uh, which tokens do I want to add to my bag? Which new tokens do I want to acquire to brew a better potion in the next round? I just love quacks it's also a very rewarding game and there is even a punishment in quacks like in raw there's a punishment too but in quacks even if you bust you still get to gain either points or currency to buy something and improve your engine which i think is a great choice to offer players if you bust that even if you bust you don't you don't get one of those things but you still get the other one whereas if you don't bust uh you only get you you get both of them which can feel really good too number six the Quacks of quenlinburg and number five i had the first of two games from the same designer has to be one of my favorite designers at this point And that is Dune Imperium. I love Dune Imperium. Dune Imperium is a deck building game with a really cool deck building mechanism where you're only playing typically two cards over the course of the round and they tie to a worker placement mechanism in the game. But the cards that you don't play matter just as much because the bottom ability the bottom benefit on those cards activates at the end of the round either uh, helps you acquire more cards typically or it helps you in the combat arena of the game because there is a combat that happens at the end of each round it's a very structured game in that way um, but it it works really well to have that combat you know for sure that there's going to be a conflict at at the end of each round it's your decision if you want to participate in it or not but i love the card play in the game I, i love how it ties to the worker placement i love that points are very scarce in this game there are only 10 points to get you can get a few more points but the, the endgame trigger is 10 points, and uh, so it feels really good when you get a point, opposed to a game like some of the games that I've designed, where in Tap Street you can get 300 points in a game. Every individual point doesn't feel as impactful as it does in Dune Imperium. Um, but yeah, even th- this, this game, I think, is so thematically strong, too. Not only mechanically strong, but thematically strong, that it made me want to read the book. It made me get excited about the movie. I love when a game does that, when it has, when it's so mechanically good and it hints at the, the theme without spoiling it, that it makes me want to learn more about that world itself, especially with an intellectual property game like Dune Imperium. That's my number five favorite game. From the same designer, I actually realized I do own the game for the other designer. It's over on my shelf, but I, I, it's a giant box, and that is Clank. I love Clank. The newest version of Clank is Clank Catacombs. And really, I'm saying Clank as like the entire Clank brand at this point because I love the core game. I love the expansions. I really enjoy Clank Catacombs. um, And I love the legacy version, Clank Legacy. I love this this entire brand. It's been a really, really joyful brand for me to play through. Uh, It it is also a deck building game where you're playing cards to mostly move around a map but also acquire more cards to fight some monsters along the way but i love this idea of deck building with a map that you're moving around it's if it counts as a dungeon uh, crawler, it is my favorite dungeon crawl game because I love the idea of crawling around the dungeon with these with this fun card play. With the deck that you build every game, it feels very different. There's a strong sense of progression in it, but there's also a uh, like a, which path did I choose this game st- style of progression and wondering, okay, if I choose this path, uh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. There are some surprises along the way, but I, I know I can chart my path a little bit. And, um, and you also have to chart your path back. So like a couple other games on this list, there's a push your luck element to it in that you're deciding how deep in this dungeon do you want to go uh, before you decide to turn around, grab, a, grab an artifact, and run back out. Because if you don't get out, you either lose automatically or you don't score 20 extra points for getting all the way out. Um, yeah, Clank. I love Clank. I'm always happy to play Clank. It's my number three favorite game right now. Uh, number th- Four favorite game, I'm sorry. Number three is Rumble Nation. And it almost surprised me a little bit that I put this game so high on the list. But this is a game that I just crave to play and I don't own it. It's very difficult to get. And I almost want a new edition of the game. I think they might be working on a new edition of the game. Um, but it's, it's so good. It's it's such a, a, a streamlined game and also invo- includes combat, which I I, I don't gravitate to, towards in games. But in Rumble Nation, there's a ma- a roughly a map of Japan that you are fighting over. And over the first part of the game, the most of the game, you are uh, rolling three dice and using those dice to decide, um, you're combining them together to decide one location that you're gonna place uh, some some warriors on and the other die, die tells you how many warriors you can place on that location and Once all players have finished this process they, They've put all their warriors out on the board over the series of multiple turns. You kind of just run the game and the game uh, That you, you run each battle starting with the lowest numbered territory you, you decide the the victor of that battle and then the victor of that battle if they have adjacent territories they will put reinforcement units in each of those adjacent territories. So they get stronger. So there's a strong reason in the game to go after low number territories because they are going to be activated first during this activation phase at the end of the game. But there's also a reason to go after the higher number territories. They go up to 12 because they're worth more points. If you win a one, level one territory or the one territory, it's only worth one point. If you win the 12 territory, it's worth 12 points. And there was a second place as well. But it just, it flows so well. It's so easy to get to, to, get to the table. And I just crave playing it. I, uh, my friend Alex is the one that has it. So I need to remember to ask him to bring it more often. It's a fantastic game. Very streamlined combat kind of area control game. Um, yeah, Rumble Nation. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Number three game on my list. Number two is also a new game for this list. Uh, it's, it's raced up the list, and I just find myself craving this game as well. But I own it, and that is Skull King. This is a trick-taking game that does what the crew does, it does what Wizard does, which is and uh, and what the mind does. It has a sense of escalation from round to round. In Skull King, you start out with a hand of one card, and you play a one-card trick. In the next round you start you gain 2 cards and then 3 cards and so on. And I think for most player counts it goes all the way up to 10. You play through 10. But this sense of escalation and progression, what's well, that progression really? You're not getting better at anything throughout the game. But you are getting more. You're getting more cards and even yeah. if you haven't played Skull King in a while, this like onboards you into the game really well. And onboards new players into the game really well because the stakes are really low when you're only playing one card. They're low when you're only playing two. And they ramp up to that that ten card phase that feels really powerful, and where it's rather difficult to decide in advance to bid how many how many uh, tricks that you think you'll you'll be able to win that turn, um, or that hand. It's just a lot of fun. I've had fun every time I played Skull King. It's so easy to get, get to the table. Um, yeah, number, my number, it's my number two game right now. I, I I don't think I ever thought that a a, a, a small tricking game would get this high on my list, but I'm just having a blast with it. I'm, I'm loving Skull King. It makes me want to desi- design a game that has this ramping mechanism, just as like some of these other games on this list make me want to design a game with push your luck or design a game with simultaneous actions. Finally, though, number one is the opposite of Skull King in every way, and that is the big boy Ark Nova, the game about building a zoo. This is it, uh, the by far the heaviest game on, on this list. Uh, it's a game that offers a huge amount of variety through the animal cards that you're playing. Um... I've done a whole video about the things that I learned as a designer from Ark Nova. And I think one of the core things that I talked about, in fact, I did another video about this as well, is this idea that you can clearly see, um, you can you can decide intrinsically or uh, mechanically the cards that you want to, to play in the game. And here's some examples of those cards. And uh, many of them are... <laughs> big and difficult to play and it takes multiple turns to plan towards them but you can plan towards them you can see these are the exact things that i need to do to be able to play this elephant card and it might take multiple turns to do that but once you get that payoff of actually playing the card it feels really, really good, and there are multiple benefits on all the cards. Every card that you play makes it easier to play other cards. Um, they give you one-time benefits. They give you ongoing benefits. They give you income benefits. They give you endgame benefits. There's so many different types of benefits th- that every card gives you. Um, that means that every card feels really, really good to play. Uh, I've never played a game of Arc Nova that felt the same as the previous game. The game has a ton of variability to it, just even in the cards, not even with the di- different player mats. But I just it. it I love Nova. I, 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 I'm so glad that, that this game came out. Foreland did a wonderful job with it. Um, yeah, it's my number one favorite game right now. That's my list. Uh, my top 10 favorite games right now. This list will change in six months. It changes all the time. I taste and game change. uh, But as of right now, these are my top 10 favorite games. I'd love to hear what your number one game is on my list and your number one game of all time as of right now, the game that you are most eager to get to the table over and over again right now. Let me know those two things, favorite game from my list and favorite game of all time for you, whether or not it's on my list. Let me know in the comments below. I really look forward to this discussion. Thanks.